All right, welcome to the first <clears throat> in-person, face-to-face. You get to see this ugly mug. Obviously, you've see, probably seen Micah's face. Um, I don't know if I look more familiar this way, but uh, anyways. You look cuter that way. That's, <laughs> I, you know, that's what I wanted to hear from you. Um, yeah. In today's episode, we are talking, by the way, if you see some stuff behind me, I think Mike is in his car. I'm literally in my room, so just avoid the mess. Um, ignore the mess. In today's episode, let's talk about quoting. Um, when is it a good time to quote? Is it ever okay to quote? I know we're big proponents of BORs and, you know, having people value our time. Um, but we've kind of put together, I guess we want to call it the quoting filter, if you will, of how we look at quoting and when it is okay. I, I mean, frankly, I, I quote pretty regularly. Um, but there's got to be certain criteria in place. Um, so why don't you run with it from there and let's take a look at the quoting filter. Yeah. And I think before we get into the filter, let's talk uh, like, like you just said, Max, is that, you know, you quote regularly. I think there's a lot. That's the thing is like, you got to realize guys, when we're putting stuff out on LinkedIn or in our newsletter and talking about BORs, like there's nuance to every situation. So let's just preface this, this all by saying that. So, Real life story in my, my first year last year at the agency, I'm building my book from scratch. I quoted, I think two deals. Um, I quoted five and I won, I think two or three of them. So, but I had this framework in place and I, you know, the deals I quoted and didn't win, I didn't really follow this hundred percent. There were some things I kind of overlooked and that's where we pulled these from, but you know, to say that you should never quote is just kind of foolish because there's a couple reasons Let's just start there. The reasons you'd want to quote, first of all, you just might not have a market, right? That the guy has, so you have no choice. Otherwise you might not be able to maybe, con the other reason you might not be able to convince the buyer that quoting makes sense. And I, and you gotta be able to empathize with people, right? Don't belittle a buyer because he just can't see your point of view on things. You're going to get kicked out of that office in a heartbeat and never, never invited back in. So, you know, the way you bring things up and how you say things, we've talked about the importance of that matters almost just as much as what you're actually saying. Um, so, okay, let's just, I'm just going to go high level of the first level of the filter. And then there's, there's two different kind of layers. So layer one is these are the four, the four P's to make it easy and, and uh, Instagrammable or LinkedInable. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. And then I'll Name just it. state them and then we can, then we'll chime into some of these. All right. So yep. policies got to get those pain. There's got to be some type of pain. Power, meaning are you talking to the person who has the power to make the decision? And premiums, do you need to know the actual numbers if you're going to actually quote, especially? So with those four, Max, what do you want to start uh, with? Uh, policies, policies, premiums, power, pain. Yes. Um, no, I, we had talked about this before we hopped on. I, I just... You know, a lot of times people might be like, oh, well, premiums and policies, that's the same thing. But, man, it, I'm sure you've probably had it, too. People try to white out their premiums. So yep. try make, make sure the premiums are in there. They're, they're kind of one and the same, but we wanted to parse it out just so that you remember. Um, super important to have those premiums. Underwriters really are going to, at least in my experience, they're going to want to see that in order to try to, you know, put together some type of loss ratio or price it or whatever. So. Um, let's make talk, sure those let's, are in there. 
let's talk about previews because we so I've done uh, LinkedIn videos and I've done YouTube videos on this topic of uh, oh it's on American to share my premiums with you right that's one of the let's talk like like through some of these objections you might get on each of these so when it comes to premiums and someone wants to white out their premiums or just says hey I just don't feel comfortable sharing those with you you got to be prepared uh, to combat that right. And not to, I don't mean combat in a combative way, but just to, to overcome that objection. So, you know, one of the ways I found is to be able to explain, um, and, and you know, the sharing of the premiums, there's a couple different things you gotta be able to explain. One, Mr. Business Owner, Max, let's just pretend you're the business owner. Those are current premiums, are past premiums. Any work I do is in the future. They could change, they could go up, down. I don't know what they're gonna do, right? So, so I don't know what your new premiums are. I'm not telling you to share those with me so I can copy those. I'm just saying these are where you're at today. These are going to expire in a couple months when we, when we market this thing out. Um, that's the first thing to understand. The second thing is, you know, especially if you're talking to contractors or someone else, but you got to, or even just, I like to use the analogy of listing a home. Would you ever list a home without putting a price? That'd be stupid because guess, guess what? And don't say that to the buyer, but no one's going to come to look at the house. People are busy, right? They're not going to just stop by the house and say, oh, there's a house over on Ramy's run in Austin. I'm going to go look at it. It's for sale. I can only spend 500, but maybe I'll invest my Saturday, drive, drive an hour across town to go look at that house. Never going to happen, guys. So what are you doing as a business owner? You're limiting your buyer pool. That's what you're doing. You're costing yourself excitement. Underwriters are very busy people. You need to basically grab their attention to get them excited about working on your account. Guess what? If an agent submits something who's, first of all, not the agent, secondly, has no premium, that underwriter is putting that at the back bottom of the stack. So... Uh, you know, this is why it's so important to educate your buyers on these things in a way that doesn't come across again as shoving it down their throat. But when you start to bring up these points and say them confidently, you're going to start to get that buyer to see where you're coming from. Um, so those are probably the two biggest reasons, I think, of when, you, when you're talking about getting premiums, I think, to help get them. The other thing is if you're just doing due diligence, this is a side note, you don't and they're balking at giving you premiums, you got to tell the guy like, Hey, I'm not even quoting, man. I'm just literally trying to benchmark your rates to tell you if you're in a good spot or not. Like I can look at your coverages. Sure. But for me to do the due diligence, the analysis, part of the value is you want to know if you're overpaying, don't you? And I'm not going to the marketplace. So that's a, just an aside. If you're not actually quoting and you, you're starting with just due diligence, you want to get hired, say that as well. Cause it, it makes no sense in that scenario. Like literally no sense for them to not share it with you. What are right. your thoughts on any of those? No, I think that's dead on. No, I, I nothing I want to add. Um, you're the expert here. I'm just throwing ah. in my two cents. Um, but I guess I, I think, you know, if we're looking at the four P's, I mean, I think you hit premiums pretty well. Policies, I mean, I, I think that's a no-brainer, right? Like, you got to have policies. You got to be able – I feel like most agents would not quote yeah, without get, having policies. But like, you got to uh, have more than just pages? like – I know, like a certificate of insurance or deck pages, but, you know, I don't think, like, you've got to be able to quote apples to apples, and you can't do that unless you have the policies. Like, how, how are you even going to know what their limits are? How are you going to know what, you know, what the exposures are? I mean, like, you, you got to have it. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's a no-brainer, but maybe I'm taking it for granted. Well, here's the thing on the policies. You, I mean, you can ask all those questions, go through what are your policies. The reason I like to get the policies is one, it helps, again, you're, you're building up a case. So when you come back and let's say you do ultimately end up quoting, you work it through this filter process. 
if you don't have copies of the full policies, you are purely just going to present your price to them and hoping it stacks up well. But you might have way better coverage. They might have an exclusion for subsidence and they're a dirt contractor and you don't. And you're 10 grand higher. Well, now it allows you to sell higher, right? If yeah, I'm talking about just in the quoting piece. I mean, ob- obviously yeah. for the BOR, you have to have them. But I no, mean, no, from the quoting, the quoting standpoint. Yeah, but for the quoting, because if you're going to quote, let's say you agree to quote, right, Max? Why would you not want policies, though, as the, as the competing agent? Because you're no, giving I'm yourself with you. ammo. Agree. No, I agree. So you I agree that say, I hey, agree. <laughs> you agree that I agree that we agree that you need policies. All right. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yep. All right, but, a lot, but, but, but some people might just get deck pages last year's proposal and go quote the thing. I mean, there's a lot of agents that, that do that. I, I don't think our listeners are doing that. Hopefully not. So guess what? I am actually guilty. I'm guilty of it because when I go up against like a small trucking account, I just ask for loss runs and certs. I'm dude on the, they got VIN numbers. They got stated amounts, all that. So, but then again, sure. I'm not trying to win those on BORs. Yeah. But we will get to why I quote it as we go further down the filter. All right. So yeah, okay. we're still at the first step of the filter. We've hit premiums. We've hit policies. Now let's talk about power, the person in power. I have quoted without ever having talks with the decision maker. And it is a terrible idea because I go out here and we get all this information. We do all this work and then we go hand it to Cindy. And Cindy says, all right, I'm going to pass it to Paul, who's actually the owner. And I'm like, I never did a good job of qualifying Cindy I, because she acted like she was the decision maker. I gave her that authority. And then I've done all this work. I, I've done I, all my talk tracks, everything that I'm trying to do to lay that foundation. And, and this is early in my career. And then she takes it to Paul and Paul's like, no, nah, we're going to stay with our agent. So all this work, all of the conversations I've had with her, it just, I mean, it's just one, basically went in one ear and out the other because I never actually talked with the guy that mattered. So we yeah. have got we got to start with the decision maker. If you don't have buy-in from the decision maker, cut bait. Hey, you know a great way to um, – this is the challenging part because you might – let's say you're cold calling in and you might think you have the decision maker. But what, this is why I like the cold call script we have is because I ask the question, are you in charge of? Not do you handle – do you manage? Nope. Are you in charge of the insurance? Because guess what? People will be like, hey, I'm not really in charge of it. I help. So you automatically talked about sorting. That's why when you open that way, you really get down to it. Or if I call a business owner, he'll be like, well, yeah, I am ultimately in charge, but I don't really handle it. That's fine. Because that's why I want to I talk to the business owner or get his permission to pass me down to to the, the, the person that, that kind of manages it or handles it. But um. But yeah, it's uh, and then I think let's talk real quickly when you when you get someone, let's say you're in a meeting and you think that you're with a decision maker. How do you want to verify again that the CFO is the true decision maker? Maybe they have kind of a higher up title. You don't want to just say, hey, are you, you know, it's, it's a delicate conversation because you don't want to kind of poo poo them. Right. You don't want to make them feel belittle them. So it's, it's like when you're coming back for that final meeting, you really want to say, hey, who else who else besides yourself yeah. is going to be involved in making this decision? Like who has some skin in the game? Who has a voice? Because that's the way I've always found that works best. And they, they'll bring it up then and there. And then you want to make sure that they're at that final presentation. So you're not hope, hoping that this office manager represents you well to the business owner, right? Because it's just not going to have the same impact. Cut out. You back? Oh, yeah. That was like five seconds. Okay. No, I, I was laughing. So he cut out there for a second. I'll try to edit that out. But I was laughing because as you're talking about 
the delicate dance of getting decision makers. I told you about the time I said, I told the guy, I said, you know, if you need to run it up the flagpole. And he said, brother, I am the flagpole. <laughs> hey, you put me yeah. in my place. I thought I was talking to the sun, uh, but they both have the same name. So like I called in for Gary Smith and uh, Gary Smith answered, except it was Gary Smith senior, you know? So uh, yeah, that was, Anyways, hey, um, hey brother, live and you learn. It's all good. Policies, premium, person in power, number four, pain. Um, I think you again, will. maybe maybe I'm an idiot. I think it's self-explanatory, but if there's not, you know, we go in, we're asking questions, doing our due diligence, and we realize that we don't have an opportunity to just bor, or we see that even though they're reluctant for a BOR that there might be an opportunity because they, maybe they've, you know, the agents neglected, you know, doing a good job of marketing it, or maybe you have an exclusive market. If there, if, if there's not some little bit of pain there, they love their agent. They think that their premiums are fair. I mean, I, I'm not trying to like shun the non-believers. I'm not trying to preach to the unconvertible. I'll just move on to the next one. I, you know, I, I, there's got to be some type of pain there. So right. I, I think that's a mandatory P in the quoting filter. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I can't remember the, the exact term. You'd probably know this, but like humans are more motivated by pain avoidance than pleasure. Like, right. I mean, like if there's yeah, things at the sell spectrum, them, it's like we'd rather avoid pain. Sell them painkillers, not vitamins. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Twitter. that. And, and I, we should clarify one other thing um, with these four bullet points. You're always first meeting. I'm still always pitching BOR. This, uh, this filter is happening after we've hopefully gotten the policies, you know, and then we uncover the pain in our part two of our discovery meetings. We've talked about, we uh, get the premiums and also, so meeting number one guys is still always um, that high level. You know, we, we did, I think a couple episodes, we did an ep a special on that. So it's still that format of like high level business, you know, here's how the game works. Here's the process. They buy in. Yep. I want to do due diligence. Now then we start to do the due diligence and that's where we uncover the pain and get the policies. But through that due diligence process, if we're not getting that information we need, not uncovering pain, then we're, we're not going to as an alternative. God, dog it. You're breaking up again. Dude, we got to do something about the Subaru, the daddy wagon. I'm in a Kia, man. <laughs> You would drive a fucking Kia. <laughs> really? You're going to hang out a Kia? Come on, man. Is it a Kia Kia's Sportage? Is it a... Oh, that's a, Man, that is Come so... On, that is No, no. It's just... It's so you because it's... You're... You know, it's cheap. like... Well, well, cheap, but it's probably just as good as any other SUV out there. But, like, you're not going to pay for a name brand because it's like, I'm Micah, I have no ego. So, hey, I'll drive a Kia. That's, oh, my God. All right, sorry. It's all, all good. Right, it's all good, man. Uh, that's why, hey, I'm all about value. I'm all about value. That's why we're, for right. you guys listening, that's why we're at $15, right, a month. That's 15, it. 15. Hey, you can, pay, you can pay a guru thousands or you can pay us pennies. Yep. Uh, you know, gotta get that value, bro. All right, moving so, on. Okay, 
Go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll let you take over. Go ahead. Uh, all I, no, all I was going to say is what part did I cut out on? Because if I need to reiterate something, was it a long? Was it like 10 seconds? I don't know. I usually just zone out when you talk anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, you uh, – let me backtrack in my brain here. You were talking about you, – you, you cut out at the point where you're talking about – we're doing our due diligence. We're moving the ball down the field. And now we're coming back and saying, Hey, here's what I've uncovered. Here's, here's kind of what I'm looking at. And then they're saying you offer them the BOR and they say, we're not ready to do that, but would you be willing to quote? Like that's kind of where you were at. I feel like in your explanations. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think I was just reminding, basically I was just reminding folks that like, um, you know, step one meeting one is still going to be what it was, which is uh, laying out the due diligence process. And then this first step of the filter, you're going to, is going to be kind of um, applied, I guess, you know, once you're, once you're down that after that first meeting and, and yeah. you know, so that's really, we should, we, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a better job of laying this out in the newsletter and, you know, this is this is after we've made the cold call in. We've gone and gotten our first meeting, the big high level stuff. We've un, we've gotten policies, we've gotten permission, we've gotten all that stuff. We've dug in, we've come back, we've presented, we asked for BOR, and then they say, eh. And you know, if we feel like there's an opportunity, and there's no hope of a BOR, we will pivot to a quote. But it has we have to have these four P's to start off with. Permission, eh, uh, policies, premium, person of power, basically giving us permission. And then um, they have to have some sort of pain. Okay. So let's say they meet all four of those criteria and we're willing. Okay. So if they meet those four criteria, then we can move to step two of the filter. I'll let you take over from here. You had made a good point on our call before this that, you know, why don't you tell them about the people you've run into in Wisconsin and why this matters? Um, you yeah. know, people just in being different markets, we can be dogmatic about BORs and why it's the greatest thing ever, but we also have to be realistic about different markets and how different agencies work. Not everybody has appointments. So go ahead. I'll let you dig in. Yeah. So I'm from Wisconsin and, um, they have a ton of regional carriers, uh, a lot of different States might just depending where you're at. And so as an agent, you know, you might just not have access to every single market that exists. You can't feed all the miles anyways. So um, you know, have contracts with everyone. So in those situations, you really got to be able to, this is a great episode for you guys. Cause you still want to do the due diligence, still come back. And then you want to run this filter to make sure you're just not wasting your team's time. And you're only working on opportunities that you're going to close. Right. Um, so with all that being said, I guess, step two of the filter is you do, they check those four piece. Then you come back, you present, talk to them and say, Hey, this is everything I found now to move forward. Here's the, here's the, the, the markets I need to have access to well, this market or that market. And here's the other thing I should mention. Uh, when you're doing the due diligence and you have the policies and the premiums, call underwriters, right? You're doing due diligence. You're, you're checking out the market. Hey, Bob, have you got a submission from on, on uh, XYZ plumbing ever? Oh man, I haven't seen that in five years or oh, I wish I could, but every time they submit it, it's like a half, but submission, it sucks, terrible, whatever. That's the kind of intel you're gathering. And then you're positioning yourself when you're coming back to me with this 
you know, the business owner, like, hey, these are the top markets I want. And then you have to share all that information with the buyer. But if they're not giving it to you, then maybe you share that. And then you just, if you get those markets secured, then for me, it's a green light. Like, hey, all systems go. And speaking of green lights, check out Matthew McConaughey's <laughs> book. Man, we were talking about that last week. Green lights, great, great book, but also was- just really good uh, video stuff. I, I, I was I'm, I was thoroughly impressed. I'm not going to lie. I always think of him as a dazed and confused guy. Uh, and I, right, also right, love, right. You know, I also love when Family Guy just totally uh, crushes him because he just kind of plays the same character over and over. But I was I, I didn't know he had that kind of depth. I was thoroughly impressed. Green lights. Uh, it's it's worth the audible. Uh, so anyways. And he, did, he didn't pay us to say that, by the way, in case you guys are wondering. He paid me. <laughs> We're not that big time yet. Um, or, let's be honest. Uh, we we will never be getting DMs from Matthew McConaughey. All right, so <clears throat> back on back on track here. We've gone through the four Ps, and then we realize that there's some opportunities in the market. Maybe so. I have an exclusive market, right? So I don't. I usually don't call around because I don't really care. I've got an exclusive market that I'm going to win on, uh, you know, 50-50. So I'll do that on one of my little verticals I chase. Or I'm wanting to have like the number one or number two for that particular risk. Um, And this goes back to why you need to be kind of an expert in your niche. And Micah, you did a, a brilliant YouTube on this at one point that's like, you don't have to be a coverage expert, but you... Well, when you first start off, you don't have to be a coverage expert. You can become a market expert first because that takes less time than knowing all the nuances of coverage. And so this goes back to, let's say I'm in, you know, let's say landscapers. If I know the two or three people who are willing to write landscapers and I really know that industry well, and I know that their losses look good, but they're with like that third tier or number three, then I'm, then I'll, I will go do number one, number two. Um, but let's say, you know, I've done around my due diligence. He's with the number one carrier. Uh, and I know that number two has seen it every year for the last five years. Do I want to roll the dice and try number three when I know that no, they're not really writing a whole lot? I'm probably not going to chase it. Now, early on in your career or when you're rebuilding and you don't have a lot in the hopper, may- maybe you want to do that. I personally don't want to do that. But, you know, that's kind of where I fall on that. What are your thoughts? Hey, I agree. Um Guess who else doesn't want to do it? Your agency, right? You got to think of your team, your people, your marketing CSR. folks. My wife, my wife was an account manager slash DSR, and there's nothing worse than wasting time on stuff, right? Um, so that's my philosophy as well. But I also say it's not a lost cause because uh, on this on the, to walk away. I think one of the it's, one of the hardest parts about learning how to when you walk away from a lot of deals or like you you work BOR only is getting used to free time. Because your 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 time is going to free up not chasing a bunch of stuff, and that's a good thing. Now you have that time to either hang out with your family or or just you know focus in on different expand your business, right? So um, just get used to that when you start running this filter. And oh man, I like a year ago I picked up a thirty five thousand dollar deal. A lady called me back. We ran this process four years ago. We walked away. We couldn't win it. And get get the deal. So you're you're building a lot of equity um, with these potential prospects of yours because you're you're in it for the long haul, right? We're playing the long game here. And if you play the long game and you run this filter process, you're gonna naturally end up with um, things that work better for you and, and a better fit for you. 
Yeah, there's a lot of power in no. Um, you you want to set yourself apart. Go in, do this due diligence process. They don't give you what you want. And you say, listen, you know, I, I just don't think it's in your best interest for us to go through with this. But by all means, give me a call in the future if you ever, you know, have a change of heart. Like you said, three years later, they've been going through the same quoting process and getting the same results. And, you know, whether you truly can bring them something different or not, three years, they've had another two or three years of pain. They're like, dude, do you remember that Micah guy? The dude just like yep. totally walked away like that that gives you authority. Right. And so that when they, when they do finally get fed up with the old way and they want to try something new, who do you think they're going to call? Not the yes. ghost bus. Michael. <laughs> I like that. We need that yep. little bit of ghostbuster music in there. Um, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I feel like we beat this horse pretty darn good. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I would just add, uh, again, a thank you to everyone that's listening, that's a subscriber. We really appreciate the support. And we have a ton of different things that are going to be coming down the pipeline for y'all. Um, we're going to have downloadable kind of frameworks and things like that that are exclusive to uh, or they're included in the cost of the membership. Yeah. Um, but also, we want to answer your questions. That's one of the biggest things. And Max, I'll let you kind of hammer on that since you set that up. But I think that's a really cool feature. Again, we've uh, the consultant piece, guys. I mean, you can go pay. Guru. There's a lot of good coaches out there, gurus, whatever. But you're going to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? In the thousands. Hundreds thousands? of thousands? No, I said, said hundreds, hundreds or, or thousands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, like, I'm I all a, about charging, but I mean, good guy. No, I mean, yeah, it, I had a, yeah, go ahead. No, it's, um, so this is the reason why we went to Spotify only. You can still find us on Apple or whatever, but we just don't have all the bells and whistles there. Everything points back here. But if you'll just look in the episode, the, I think it's called show notes or whatever, there's going to be a link. One is where somebody who's not a subscriber can go in and become a subscriber. And the second one's going to say, leave your voice messages here. So you can literally go in, click that link. It's going to, send you to this new tab and it's going to have a pop-up. You just hit record and you can leave your voice message and then we'll answer it or Michael answer it. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And I, I'm pretty sure there's a way we can work it into the episodes where you can actually hear yourself. So if that's your thing, uh, I, I think that's a capability. So you can leave us messages and, and kind of tentatively what we're thinking is, is stick to the normal weekly podcast where we just do a deeper dive on the newsletter topic uh, and then do like um, either we're going to do AMAs, Q and A's at the end of every episode, or we're going to do like one big one every month, but we'll figure that out. But what we want to do is we're going to sling you the cold call script. We're going to sling you the one sheeter framework. We're going to give you like cold email uh, framework. What was the other one we talked about? Like the first meeting, like all the yeah. questions to ask. We're basically just going to everything that we could or will eventually charge in a, a course or whatever. We're just going to give that all to you for free. So, uh, well, not free for 15 bucks. So, you know, we'll, you know, start to promote it more, try to push people to the, to this paid podcast, but you know, there's only a few dozen of you so far. And so we appreciate you being on board early on and we're going to do our damnedest to provide as much value as, as we can. Again, if you're, you know, just listening, 
or don't really know our reasoning for this is, is, you know, we kind of started max revenue just because Micah helped me. I mean, I'm only five years in and um, I just told, I've been, I've been telling Micah for years, like, man, you need to take, we, we need to take all of our conversations and, and put it out there so people can learn. You take somebody that's newer like me, you take Micah, who's a little more seasoned. We throw ideas back and forth, a lot of mentoring to me. And if we could just take that information and put it out there, I, I think there'd be a lot of people that would really benefit from it. And so finally he's come along. And then after, you know, six months of the Max Revenue brand, man, we get so inundated with emails and DMs and we just can't keep up with it anymore, right? And so the thing that made the most sense was let's just charge pennies, like a low ticket, 15 bucks. We'll just, and then we'll just answer all of the questions on a podcast. And that way we can help everybody. It takes no more than an hour of our time every week because we're trying to rebuild our books too. And so we just don't have time to like facilitate this big mastermind or do these weekly sales. Call. We just don't, we just don't have time for it. So, um, you know, we appreciate you being here. And um, if there's anybody in your agency or anybody else that you know that you think would benefit from this stuff, by all means, sling them, you know, bring us their way. And um, we've got some cool stuff coming for you. So just just hang tight. We're still building this thing at night and on the weekends. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of cool stuff to come. We just really appreciate you being one of the originals. So that's what I got. That's all I got, too. Hey, Art. good to catch up. All right. Adios, folks. Yep. Um, go put some gas. Go put some gas in that Kia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it, Tiny, baby. <laughs> All right, bye. Later.